Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to Thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. Form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
Be thou my strong rock, for an house of defense to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Be thou my strong rock, for an house of defense to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. The Old Testament lesson for Quinquagesima Sunday is written in the 16th chapter of the first book of the prophet Samuel, beginning at the first verse. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided a king for myself with his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint to me him whom I name to you. Samuel did which the Lord spoke and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. He sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. When they had come, he looked at Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't look on his face or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For I don't see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and made him pass before Samuel. He said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. He said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? He said, There remains yet the youngest. Behold, he is keeping the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with a handsome face and good appearance. The Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the middle of his brothers. Then the Lord's Spirit came mightily on David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the thirteenth chapter of the first epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the first verse. 
Brothers, if I speak with the languages of men and of angels, but don't have love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but don't have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body to be burned, but don't have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient and is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't brag. Is not proud. Doesn't behave itself inappropriately. Doesn't seek its own way. Is not provoked. Takes no account of evil. Doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will be done away with. Where there are various languages, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is complete has come, then that which is partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I felt as a child, I thought as a child. Now that I have become a man, I have put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then, face to face, now I know in part, but then, I will know fully, even as I was also fully known. But now, faith, hope, and love remain, these three. The greatest of these is love. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture.
Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all the things that are written through the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be completed. For he will be delivered up to the Gentiles, will be mocked, treated shamefully, and spit on. They will scourge and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. They understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they didn't understand the things that were said. As he came near Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the road, begging. Hearing a multitude going by, he asked what this meant. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Those who led the way rebuked him, that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Standing still, Jesus commanded him to be brought to him. When he had come near, he asked him, What do you want me to do? He said, Lord, that I may see again. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. All the people, when they saw it, praised God. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is in our gospel today not one blind man, but thirteen blind men. The one that we all know about is Bartimaeus, that's what St. Mark says his name is, sitting on the roadside near Jerusalem, or near Jer- Jericho, my apologies. So that's the one blind man, but then there's also the twelve, the twelve disciples. They hear our Lord's prediction, and three times the text says they understood none of these things about our Lord's passion, and again this saying was hidden from them, and again they did not grasp what was said. One is blind of eyes, twelve are blind of faith. And in the text, Bartimaeus represents them all. Now we've already heard what the gospel says about Bartimaeus, that he was sitting by the roadside near Jericho. He's blind, unable to care for himself. He's a beggar living off the charity of others. He doesn't see or know that Jesus is coming unless someone tells him. Again, that's like the disciples. They didn't know Jesus was Jesus was coming until John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. So he represents the disciples very well in that way. Now from the gospel, we know just enough about Bartimaeus to make us sympathetic to him. But that's about it. There's not much there. 
But if we turn to our psalm, we see that that adds quite a bit of depth to what Bartimaeus has suffered. Our psalm says, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, and my soul and body also. So when Bartimaeus shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he's praying what the psalm says, Be gracious to me, O Lord. So in this plea, his terrible suffering is revealed as we see in the psalm. Bartimaeus, like Peter a few chapters before this, is proclaiming Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus, Son of David, that's proclaiming him the Christ. And to him, Bartimaeus prays, I am in distress. Perhaps better translated, Lord, I am in great tribulation. Tribulation tells us more. It tells us that there is a great loneliness for Bartimaeus. There's no one to help or aid him, no one to sympathize or befriend him. He sits alone in Jericho, which was historically a very wicked city. He sits alone as crowds pass by, as they shout him down, push him aside, probably maliciously slander him. That's what the crowds were doing in the text as they were shouting him down. He's lonely. He's in tribulation. He is suffering. Were you to look at Bartimaeus in the face, you'd see a man whose eyes reveal a wasting away. Eyes that reveal a lifetime of blindness and suffering. Eyes that reveal a body that is in shambles from years of poverty and abuse, falling apart like an old, overworn garment. If you had seen Bartimaeus, it would have been a horrid sight. And as you could have looked into Bartimaeus' eyes and seen his body withering away, you could have also there looked into the twelve disciples' eyes, blind in faith, and seen the same thing in their spirits, that their spirits were in shambles when our Lord told them of his passion. Because when he tells them he's going to die inside their spirits is a terrible loneliness and a terrible tribulation. And such is the blindness and tribulation of us all before we're baptized, or should, God forbid, we ever walk outside the faith. So we all have suffered as Bartimaeus has suffered in a way. Yet, the disciples in their blindness remained silent. Bartimaeus in his blindness did not. As the crowds tried to quiet him down, he shouts even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me! which is no different than when we just prayed, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. There's a rich meaning in these prayers, and our psalm captures it well. Again, we read in there, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Again, we see that the crowds shame Bartimaeus. So what does he do? He turns to our Lord and asks for refuge in him. The crowds humiliate Bartimaeus, deprive him of any dignity. Really, they're trying to destroy him. So he turns to our Lord and asks for deliverance. He asks for our Lord to snatch him out of that crowd and to bring him to himself. 
But then Bartimaeus asks for something even more. He's asking for our Lord to take away all that humiliation and all that shame from him and to replace it with our Lord's own righteousness. Our Lord doesn't, or Bartimaeus doesn't ask our Lord just to take away the humiliation and just to take away the shame and then try to make himself righteous before our Lord. That's not what he does. Instead, Bartimaeus wants mercy. He wants forgiveness. And in, their, and in the place of that shame and humiliation, he wants the Lord's own righteousness bestowed upon him. And as you look at this psalm, what you realize is what Bartimaeus is asking for is what we receive in the benediction at the end of every service. He's asking for the Lord to bless and keep him in refuge. He's asking for the Lord's face to shine upon him in the divine favor of his righteousness. He's asking for the Lord to lift up his countenance, lift up his face upon Bartimaeus and give him peace from blindness of faith and peace from the tribulation of this world. Those are the desires of Bartimaeus' heart. And really, even though the disciples haven't asked for it, this is the desire of their blind hearts as well. This is what Bartimaeus is asking for when he prays, Lord, let me recover my sight. And if you ever doubt if the Lord answers prayer, look what he does for Bartimaeus right after the prayer ends. He hears Bartimaeus. He then snatches him right out of the crowd, brings Bartimaeus to himself. Then he says to Bartimaeus, recover your sight, your faith has made you well. Bartimaeus' prayer was rich, but our Lord's answer is richer. The Lord gives Bartimaeus sight to see, to see why he goes to Jerusalem. Our Lord takes Bartimaeus' shame into himself. And where the crowd sought to destroy Bartimaeus, now our Lord takes his place. He is shamed before the Sanhedrin who shout him down, mock him, spit upon him, and seek to destroy him. Where Bartimaeus was humiliated, our Lord again takes his place, takes that humiliation into himself as he's handed over to the Gentiles, found guilty of Bartimaeus' sins and your sins and my sins, and is flogged. Where Bartimaeus suffered tribulation of sin and death, there our Lord suffered that humiliation for him with nail-pierced hands as he hung on the cross. We talked about what it would have looked like to witness Bartimaeus. But if you would have witnessed our Lord on the cross and looked into his face, you would have seen eyes wasting away in the worst of distress. You would have seen his body wasting away in affliction and persecution. You would have seen his soul wasting away as divine wrath was poured out on him for you and me. You would have seen him falling apart. And yet, while you would have seen a terrible sight, you would have also seen something amazing if you would have seen our Lord's face on the cross. In that same crucified face, you'd have seen the glory of Him who keeps you in refuge in this very body that hangs there. In that suffering face, you'd have seen the face which shines upon you in grace. His face would have shone on you from the cross, forgiving you your sins. In that afflicted countenance, 
you would have seen him lift up that countenance and give you peace in his righteousness. As Bartimaeus prayed to our Lord, so also did our Lord there when he lifted up his countenance, look up then to the Father and say, into your hands I commit my spirit, dying for you and me, the twelve and Bartimaeus. Recover your sight, your faith has made you well. These are words of what we call the great blessed exchange. All of this that our Lord does on the cross is given to you in baptism. In baptism, Christ gives us eyes of faith to see how He takes our sins and gives us all the blessings of the benediction in the waters, including His righteousness. That's what we receive. And then with eyes of faith given us to us in baptism, let us hear again what our Lord says to His church at the beginning of the text. With eyes of faith, we hear our Lord say, not I am going to Jerusalem, but rather He says, we are going to Jerusalem. And He's not talking to just the twelve. United to our Lord in baptism, it means that whatever happens to our Lord on His way to Jerusalem will also happen to us. Following Him means suffering for Him and for us. It means the cross for Him and for us. It means the grave for Him and for us. That's the way of the cross that we're headed to here in Lent. Suffering, self-denial, self-sacrifice to the point of death. For the blind twelve, when they hear about His journey to Jerusalem, it rips apart their souls and it brings them tribulation. But notice at the end of the text... For Bartimaeus, who now sees, as he sees our Lord going to Jerusalem, this is what our text says, immediately he recovered his sight and followed Jesus to Jerusalem. He recovered his sight and followed Jesus to the cross, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Bartimaeus here now no longer represents the blind. He represents, he represents the baptized. And the crowd is now an image of the church amongst an evil world like Jericho where they follow our Lord to suffer and die. Bartimaeus and the crowd go willingly with our Lord to Jerusalem. They're glorifying God as they know suffering and death is coming and that's a picture of us. I have preached for years and years and years now to you that we are suffering for the faith, that this world is becoming increasingly evil, that our suffering will get much, much worse. How long away we're from persecution, who knows, but it's coming. I don't preach this to you because I want to see you become like the twelve, full of fear and dread, tribulation and mourning. I preach this to you because like our Lord, I want to tell you this in love. I want to tell you this so that in repentance you may look on the cross and confess your sins. So that in suffering for the faith, you may endure by keeping your eyes on the cross. I tell you this so that in body and soul you may be prepared for what's to come. So you may ready yourselves and your children. 
So we, like Bartimaeus, may cling to Christ in faith and be made well by him. So we may, like the crowds, follow Christ on the way of the cross, not with just tears, but with rejoicing. Can you rejoice in suffering? Are you prepared to rejoice glorifying God? That's what Lent is meant to do. It's practice. It's practicing the way of the cross in repentance. It's practice to suffer by exercising faith and prayer, self-denial and fasting, self-sacrifice and charity. We practice this for the 40 days of Lent in the church so we may be ready when the Father calls us to suffer in the world. In the church, there's only one way to suffer. By faith alone. Our psalm captures the actions of Bartimaeus in these words. Be a rock of refuge for me, O Lord, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. This was blind Bartimaeus' prayer to our Lord. This was our Lord's prayer to the Father as he hung on the cross. And this is our prayer to the Father in our tribulation. And so our Lord shows us in this prayer how we are to live in this world. We are to live in baptism, being led by our Lord in the way of the cross, guided by the Word alone through suffering, nurtured by the body and blood of Him who suffered this for us already, who suffers us who suffers it with us now. And this is how we suffer, in the refuge of the fortress, in the flesh and blood of the body of him who suffered first. We suffer in the church, the church in which he brought us into by grace alone. And today we learn how we die, by committing our spirit to him in faith alone, knowing that he has redeemed us. Grace alone, word alone, faith alone, that is Lent. As we strive to pray, to fast, to live in charity to others, it's grounded in that reality of the solas. And now because we have faith to see, we go into Lent. With faith to see in repentance and reverence that there is forgiveness. In faith to see that in sombrance and suffering there is joy. In faith that sees in death there is life. In faith that sees from the grave there will come the resurrection. We now go into Lent. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked and spit on. And they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David.
as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked and spit on. And they shall scourge him, and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, we beseech you, mercifully hear our prayers, and, having set us free from the bonds of sin, defend us from all evil. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you, so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, 
that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.